You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio, Powell, Pennsylvania. And um, I feel like we should get an award for this because, as Don has pointed out, we always say we're going to do this on the next podcast, and we never do or talk about any of the topics. But in the last podcast, we talked about bringing on someone who who had experienced church hurt and letting them share their story and we're actually doing it and it's not like a year later so (laughs) i'm gonna let mark introduce our guest and then turn it over to you guys to just roll things out well it is my privilege to introduce brie to everyone uh brie and i met about two months ago, maybe a little longer than that. Um, And uh, through some challenging, challenging things that were going on and uh, just come to really appreciate Brie and and her testimony and what she has to say. And um, she fits in with exactly what we've been talking about our last podcast uh, being raised in the church, but not so much a loving church, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, uh, the people might have been loving, but their rules and policies and, and were sticklers. So, <laughs> and and I'm going to add, I haven't heard all the details about this, but I'm going to jump in and say I'm probably going to blame the pulpit for creating that culture that was just and, not healthy. And we are going to get mugs made of that saying, and we're going to sell them. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, Bree, introduce yourself. Um, I am Bree, um, Bree Deal. I'm originally from Louisiana, lived in Marietta, Georgia for a little while, and I currently reside in the West Virginia mountains. Which is pretty much all of West Virginia. No, just teasing. <laughs> okay. So, Bree, I, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the last, post, last podcast, no pressure, but <clears throat> we started out talking about what to do. The, the emphasis was on twofold. One, what to do or what should people do when they've experienced church hurt? And two, you guys or people who are causing that church hurt well, in essence, stop, because that's not how we're supposed to treat people. Um, And then we were talking about that we know someone who said they have experienced church hurt, and uh, we wanted to get them on the podcast, because it's easy for us as pastors to say, you know, the Bible says this, and we shouldn't do this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But it's a lot more genuine when it's coming from someone who says, yeah, I just went through this, I don't know just meaning like recently, but I went through this and it's real and here's how it impacted you. Um, so again, as much or as little of your story as you want to share, uh, feel free. And the positives of your experience now 
Oh yeah, because it's way different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I was raised in a Southern Baptist church, um, one that was quite a massive church. I mean, it was easily a thousand people there on you know any given Sunday. Um, the Southern Baptist church I was raised in. Um, you had to be dressed to the nines to show up to church, anything less. I I've watched people be asked to leave church for what they were wearing. Okay. I'm um, sorry, sorry. Sorry. I am going to interrupt you for just a moment. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> because this is the thing that people hear stories about. Oh yeah. Don't think it's no, that never happened. So yeah. I'm going to ask you to repeat that again about people being asked I have watched people I have watched people be asked to leave church because of not being dressed well enough um for showing up in maybe a pair of jeans if they were a guy for showing up in pants if they were a girl um I remember and this is what really did the ticket for me was I remember a homeless man who tried to walk in the back and he tried to sit in the last row and people asked him to leave because of the way that he was dressed and also the way that he smelled. And that is what we were talking about last week, where this is, that is the wrong way to be the church. Absolutely. You know, and that is, um, that, that was really the golden ticket. To where I was like, and how? If, if this is God, I don't want this as my God. But my 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 mama, who's my dad's mom, was an amazing woman, and the way that she talked about God, this wasn't this wasn't the God that she spoke of. And, and how old were you, Bree, when this happened? Maybe nine when that when that first incident happened that just tipped me over the scale. Because I was, I went to, my mama pretty much raised me. I was there in the morning. I was dropped off in the morning. She put me on the school bus. I went to her house, got dropped from school in the afternoons at her house. I stayed at her house until, you know, my parents got off work. And then she, they would come pick me up and it would just be, you know, however, every day after I got off the school bus, the requirement before even I did homework was I had to read a scripture of Bible or I had to sit there and talk to my mama about God. And, you know, just she she really pressed that. And what I was hearing at church wasn't what I was experiencing at her house. And the things that she would tell me when I would bring them up and like, you know, um, like she always just told like right from wrong and there was no gray middle, you know, this is kind of how it is in a way. And you can't, you know, hate this person, but say you love God because God tells you to love your neighbor and like those kind of things. And at church, it was, it wasn't about, and I really hate to put it this way, but it really was this way. It wasn't about what's right and wrong. It was about who has the most money that they're donating to the church. So let me, ooh, wow. Um, 
and I'm only I'm, I'm sorry I have to keep interrupting you, but this no, is something fine. that Mark and I have reiterated, not just on the last podcast, but just every time we have a discussion anywhere around this topic, because you said something, you said, if this is God, what you were seeing in that in that building, in that Sunday celebration, this is God, I want nothing to do with it, because yeah. that's not the God that I've heard about. And yeah. we've reiterated that over and over and over that it's not people leaving the church because they don't find God. They're leaving the church because they find people who aren't treating them the way that God says they should. And they're like, hey, the way that you're talking to people, the way that you're treating people, the way that you're making people feel, if that's God, I want nothing to do with it. They're not walking away from God. They're walking away from, you know, the people who are not being the church. Yeah. I mean, those things would happen in... This is going to sound horrible, but it's already been reported in the, as we all know, the Southern Baptist Convention recently released all their documents. And, and the church I grew up in was in there four times. Hmm. Um, my youth minister is the one that taught me to play strip poker. Wow. And, you know, did I report it or say anything at the time? No, because as a kid, I didn't, I I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but this is kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? As an adult, I look back and I see his name for other things that he did. And I'm like, oh, it was a grooming method. And when I did try to say something at the time, um, you know, because I got, I will never forget. I got sent home from church camp because a little boy during that strip poker tried to touch me it was a little boy and I bit him <laughs> and I was sent home and deemed the bad horrible kid for biting this kid and ultimately that led to the church recommending a place for me to go for um children youth with a bad behavior kind of thing that ended up being one of Georgia's worst um, child labor camps, but it was connected to the church. So this is what led me away. These things and all the, those things happening, they, they weren't my mam. They weren't the God that my mama had talked about. And I was, I was determined that if this, this is what their God really was, then I must not be Christian because that was not my God. My God was what my mama always taught me. So, so did you feel like at any point that they were right and maybe you were wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was quite a few times where I was like, you know, like I honestly gave up and was like, I guess I'm just a horrible person because I, you know, I said this about this. Because I remember even my mom specifically, because my dad was traveling at the time and my dad knew nothing about any of it. But my mom would be like, well, we, we're just not gonna talk about this. You don't wanna ruin somebody, a youth minister's life. You don't wanna ruin this person's life. Like, I'm not trying to ruin their life. I'm a child. I'm at this point, 12 years old. 
so I'm 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 just gonna say this because if there's anyone listening, parent, child, whatever, who's experiencing this, ruin the life, bring them down, call the cops, call the FBI, call whoever you have to call, Absolutely. tell as many people as you can tell. Don't worry about ruining them their life. Don't let them ruin your life. Absolutely. Or your child's <laughs> life. Um, so as you, this is as a child, um, how did this impact you teenage years? In your teenage years, did you think about God at all? Or were you like, I'm totally no. done? I was, I was done with him. I was done with him. Um, and, and I, you know, after the, so the facility I was placed at was shut down while I was there for actual child labor, um, child, child essay, sexual assault, um, and different things of that nature. Um, so when I returned back home, I finished school, but I was immediately done with God. I was immediately done with my family. I, I had really built this, the church and everything that I was told was supposed to bring me love brought me nothing but pain. I'm done. I got this on my own. I can do this on my own. Screw everybody. And, um, I ended up at, as soon as I graduated high school, I hitchhiked across the United States and was doing crazy things like that. Um, really trying to find my, the spirit that I had when I was at Mamas because she hadn't passed away or anything at this time, but my, my mom had a lot of control over what was, what she was, because my dad was still traveling over what was being seen or said to my mama. So I couldn't go to my mama to find, find him. And so I went on my own trying to find him. And I tried to find that love that I had once found. And this is going to sound horrible, but in men. And that led me to getting married extremely early. Um, and getting pregnant really early and sure it's funny because that's when the church started looking at me okay and my mom of okay well she's made a change for the better she's married she's had a baby it didn't matter that I was only 20 years old with a baby not knowing what I was doing or it didn't matter that and I was actually told so during that marriage, I went through a lot of domestic violence. It was seven years of domestic violence. Um, I went to shock trauma three times um, due to the abuse. And I would call and ask for help from my mom and from my old church, thinking they finally liked me again. And it was, no, you're supposed to stay there. You, God, God is not going to approve of a divorce. Go for it, Floyd. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was on mute, but I was trying to control my... <laughs> oh, your looks at it all, Floyd. <laughs> okay, so not to break into a whole conversation on divorce yeah. and all that stuff, but yeah. but but here's, here's what the Bible says. Here's what I know for a fact. God is not going to condone any spouse going through physical mental mental sexual yeah, emotional abuse of any type um 
any pastor that tells you to stay there is lying from the pit of hell. Um, anyone that is experiencing that, if you go to a church and they won't help you, go to another, find someone who will. I don't care what the priest, the pastor, the butcher, the baker, or the candle maker says, do not stay in that unhealthy, unsafe situation under any circumstance at all. Amen. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, but and and this is where the the pain of scripture gets involved because it was, and, and y'all know the scripture I'm about to say. Women, you're supposed to submit to your husbands, but what they leave out is the part where it's set to calls men to treat their wives as though they are in the presence of God, and you're not going to go and beat a woman if you're standing in front of God. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and and that's. And, but this is where scripture gets where the pastor or preacher of the scripture gets toxic because they can pick and pull which things that they want. And those are the churches that are horrible. Well, they're all right. I'm going to, I'm going to hold my tongue. No, because I know how you feel. I've watched your lives. I know how you feel. There's a lot, there's a lot to unwrap here. Um, Yeah. And, and, It is horrible. But it's not true. No, it's horrible that we have people in the pulpit that abuse the authority that God has given us to help people. Um, and, and, you know, it, it just turns my stomach when I hear stories like yours. Um, because that's not what it means to be a pastor. No, it's not. And, and I found that out. I see, see, I, I, it took me up until now, up until a few months ago to figure it out. And it's funny that I ended up on this because it started with Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I giggle at it every day because I, I say, you know, the way that God really, God knew I wasn't going to pay attention to a man in a suit. He knew I wasn't going to, who's preaching the word of God. So what does he do? He brings a black man who has Marvel behind him from Marvel Comics, something I love. Like, how funny is God? Because he knew I wouldn't listen to a man in a suit because those are the ones that I had one from. So let me, I'm calm now. So let me go back to what, what Mark hit on. And it, 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 like he said, turns my stomach, but it also makes me like violently angry. Mm-hmm as I'm sure it does, God, that there are people who twist and misuse the scriptures uh, for power. Or, I mean, that makes me angry. Even worse is that there are people in those positions who actually don't know the scriptures 
and they're just preaching them as if they do. And I feel like they're making it up as they go along because this is what they heard growing up. So yeah, I'm gonna blame the pulpit because there has been a culture and decades and years of, you know, women should be this way, women should be that way. No, you, you know, you stay married and blah, blah, all this stuff that if you read the Bible in context, doesn't line up with, as Bree said, the God of the Bible, the God who loves his children, the God who would not condone uh, spouses beating one another, and, and the God who, who wants us to share and show the love of Christ and not judge and hate on others. And it just, it, it, that it just makes me so angry that. Um, but he also because, said that like, there would be wolves in sheep clothing. And there, and that's are, what it is. And there yeah. are, and there are so many people that just twist and misuse the scripture. But let me ask you this. So now, um, now as well, before now, but went from teen, adult, married. Um, how, how, how did you feel when you reached out to a church, even your old church, uh, asking for help, not like, hey, can you help you know, me pay my rent or can you help me buy a car or can you help me with children? Can you physically help me because I need help because I'm, I'm, I'm in an unsafe situation? And they literally said no. Um, how how did that make you feel? And how did it make you feel? Did that also make you look at and say, well, is this what God wants me to? Exactly. It, it was exactly that. It was, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go straight further away because if I'm supposed to stay here and all y'all are offering, all y'all are offering when, and I'll never forget, black eye, my elbow was chipped in multiple places um like there's still pieces floating around in my elbow that that's how bad it was i had gotten out of shock trauma and i'm being told okay well we'll offer you couples counseling that's not what i need right now i couples counseling is long gone like long gone um and it just made me go okay well then at that point, I was really screwed the church. I, I, I had given up. I, I had tried to even raise my kids in a church. And I wouldn't let them go to, I was weird. I wouldn't let them go to Sunday school. They, had, they were allowed to go to service with me and they would sit with service. But because of what had been done to me, I didn't want that done to my, I didn't want them out of my sight. And I understand that completely. Now, let me ask you, did you said screw the church, but yeah. you weren't saying screw God. You weren't no. saying to give up on God. You're giving up on the church. Yeah. Not God. Yeah. Okay. So that, and, and that's. I still had hope for this God that my mama talked about, that my mama okay. had introduced me to. I still had hope that that was real. And I honestly felt like that was real. And I, I just, I, I kept seeking that. And let me, <laughs> let me insert here. Folks, parents, this is why if you are a godly parent, 
you invest in your children. Don't wait for the preacher to do it. Don't wait for the Sunday school teacher to do it. You invest in your child. Say that again and louder. Because <laughs> there are a lot of parents that think, oh, it's the youth pastor's job, the Sunday school director's job to raise my kids. No. Say it again. God gave you those kids, period. He didn't give them to the preacher. He didn't give them to the Sunday school teacher. He didn't give them to the youth worker. He gave them to you. Invest in them. Teach them. Proverbs says, teach a child in the way he should go, and he will never depart from that. Teach your child, and they will come back to what they know. So I'm, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit just because of, of what Bree just said, because I have made dozens, I was going to say hundreds, but I don't think that many, but dozens of videos responding to people who said, this is why I left the church. And my response has been, hey, don't leave the church. Just find another church. Um, just, just, just go find another one. Um, and I feel like hearing your story, I can totally understand why someone would say, like you said, I am just done with you people who call yourselves Christians. I'm out. I'm done. Um, I'm, I'm going to sit at home and look for God on my own because I want nothing to do with you people. So I can totally understand where those people are, are coming from. It gives me a whole new insight into the hurt because most people, they won't share as much as you that they'll just say, oh, I've been hurt by the church. And we hear that and we think they walked in and someone said, you know, maybe one time you're your hair shouldn't be that color, your dress is too short or whatever. But they each have a story like you. Um, yeah. And I think for me and for any other pastor who has said that to them, we need to be a little bit more respectful of their pain, their frustration. And, um, and, and that is why I wanted and you wanted Bree to come on here. Because this is real life. This isn't make-believe. This isn't a Hollywood script. This is real life. And anyone who is hurting, who has gone through what Bree has been describing this last 30 minutes or so, you know, reach out to Floyd Knife. Um we're not perfect. We don't. We won't pretend to be perfect. Um, but see, that's what I love about y'all. I, I want to interrupt you because that's what I love about y'all. And this skips even further to just recently, when I, I'll just say it. I was on the verge, and I was picking out the tree that I was going to hang myself from because I had given up on so much and that's when i came across the video that floyd made on tiktok and as silly as that is that's what brought me back it is because floyd told me to reach you know floyd messaged me and told me to reach out to you that you know and he even said you had done sermons on you know just and it wasn't you know 
it wasn't like a message of don't go hang yourself. It was more of a message of, Hey, can you just do me a favor and listen to this man's sermons really quick? Like, you know, before you go on your little binge, whatever. And and I did. And then, you know, messaged you. And then you told me that you've had those same situations where those thoughts have gone in your head. And Actually having a pastor who admitted that he was not perfect and that he had been there before too, that is what drew me. Well, let me say this because I know people don't take pastors seriously and for a good reason. When pastors say, hey, reach out to me, I can help. And Bree's not the only one who I've had multiple people message and say, hey, I tried reaching out to my pastor and they either didn't answer or didn't have the time or I had this big situation and they said, here, we can offer you some counseling or this, that or the other, uh, something that didn't meet their needs. So when, and I can't, I don't, I'm gonna be honest, don't remember the whole scenario, but I remember remember, uh, when I messaged Bree and I, I, I want you and everyone else to hear this, especially when I message a woman. I am very prayerful and hesitant before I do it because I don't want them to get the wrong impression. Hey, why is this guy trying to slide into my DMs? That's not what it's about. So when I messaged you, it was after some prayer and consideration and really thoughtful wording of, hey, um, understand what you're going through. Here is someone who I trust wholeheartedly that will take the time and talk to you and at least listen to his messages. Cause as Mark and I have mentioned, he's done not just like myself and other pastors have done. Here's a part of a sermon about mental health issues or one sermon. He did a whole series devoted to it. And I thought it would be useful to you. And I'm going to be 100% honest because after I messaged you, I messaged Mark and I'll be 100% honest. I was like, I don't know if she'll ever reach out to you or not because half the people I reach out to, they may not reach out back. And half the people I say, Hey, try this or try that. Never hear from them again. Uh, And I, Mark will tell you, I told them, I don't know if she's going to reach out to you or not, but um, I directed someone to you and hopefully you can be of help to them. And was pleasantly surprised. I think it was like a day or two later when he's like, hey, yeah, I just talked to her. And um... no, he became he became my like. That was my that was Mark honestly became my rock. I along along with my wife, Dawn. (laughs) Yes, Dawn, too. Dawn, like and it's really funny because. I don't know if it was that night or a couple nights later, but eventually Mark and I were talking on the phone and he's like, are you ready? Like pretty much is giving God control really what you want to do. And at that point I realized I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to drive this ship. So yeah, I'm going to give it to, I want to give it to God. And I remember Mark telling me, he said, now that you've done this, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies. He said, in fact, 
the devil's going to try to attack you more and more now. And I don't know, maybe it was a week later. My son was supposed to take off to New Mexico. <laughs> and he went missing for a little while. Wasn't answering his phone, wasn't doing anything like that. My son requires medication and he didn't even have his medication on him and he hadn't been on it for like a week before. Um, because the way that he went up missing was he just didn't return his flight home. So I had talked to him while he was gone, but once he was supposed to get on the flight home, he didn't and he didn't respond. Um, and I was talking to Mark one night on the phone and I said, honestly, I'm done with worrying. I'm giving it to God. I'm just going to pray. I had talked to his wonderful wife, Dawn, um, you know, about options with, you know, the medications that he was on and things like that. And cause she works more in the mental health field and, you know, just all that. And she actually gave me some really cool ideas um, because he was 18. So there, you were limited on what you could do there. But, you know, I remember her saying that because of the mental health, that there was, there was options out there um, of things that you could do to make reports and stuff. And I did, and I did those things and I handed it over to God. And Mark and I had a lunch and we prayed about everything. And then not long after that, they picked up my son. The police did. Um, he was sitting outside. He, they got him for truancy. Um, but now, now my son's calling me, asking me how to use his oven because he has to remain down there for a year he's in a program but he has his own apartment that he had to get on his own he has his own job that he had to get on his own and now he's calling me asking me how to use his oven how to make biscuits um that are out of the box and we're back to having that same great relationship we did before and honestly i give credit to god like I've come to the realization that, you know, I didn't, nothing bad happened to me when I was hitchhiking because God was watching over me. I didn't pass away during the years of, that I was married because God was watching over me. I, I've made it to where I am today. And I was strong enough to have a voice when I was assaulted two years ago. That's the first time I've ever taken anybody to court for that. And it's happened several times, but that's because God gave me a voice finally. And that's why I say this is my year to be loud about things because I have remained silent for so many years, but God's given me a voice. And I was talking to my aunt about this and, you know, she made a comment of, 
you can't have a testimony without being tested. And this is my mama's daughter, who I wasn't allowed to talk to for years because of my mom, but we've since built a relationship. And she said, you know, you can't have a testimony without being tested. This was all my test to see if I was really going to hold on to God. And it wasn't God's test. It was God holding on to me going, okay, well, you keep wanting to do this and I'm going to keep watching over you because you're my child. And I truly believe that God knew that this day would come when I would finally be able to speak out about the trauma that churches can bring. So let me, let me ask you a, a question, um, because as you said, and as, as Mark reiterated, you had been done with the church, but you still wanted to find God. And, you know, I didn't get that. Could you try again? Sorry, that's my watch. <laughs> um, how did you come back to, because you're attending a church now, right? Yes. Yeah. So how did you come back to attending a church? And what was your mindset walking in, knowing the experiences that you've had in that setting before? Like, what were you thinking? So it's funny because I found that church through Mark. Well, Mark's niece. Um, who happens to live like right around the corner from me, which is that whole story of you and Mark. And on a, it still blows my mind that on a worldwide platform, I come across this guy who, let's be honest, you don't live that far away from me, Floyd, but I didn't know. And neither did you. And then you sent me to Mark who lived in my area and roamed the same streets that I drive daily and whose niece lives around the corner from me? No one, and I've told Mark this, no one can tell me that that's not God. Out of the millions of people on TikTok, I found the one who could lead me on this journey and who could get me back in a church that was recommended by Mark's niece. So I put my faith in a, in a human going, okay, this is the last time. This is it. And just being able to go in there scared out of my mind I sat in the back row and my take on it was, well, if I don't like it, I can get up and I can walk out. I can get up and walk out. I am a grown adult now. I have a voice. I can walk, walk out. But that wasn't it at all. It was, and I hate to say this about myself, but it was, a bunch of people who had been damaged like me who needed to find God. I mean, I sat next to a guy who had face tattoos and they didn't tell him to leave. What? That would have never happened in the churches I grew up in. Not once. He would have not been welcomed. He would have been deemed the mark of the beast for having facial tattoos and 
the service that day was just talking about how God didn't hang out. I mean, Jesus didn't hang out with those who had were the classiest people or, you know, had all the wealth and the well-being. You know, that it was the people who had been deserted by society, who had that those were Jesus's people. So they just happened to be talking about the <laughs> stuff that <laughs> drove you away from the church, and they just happened to be sharing about yeah. that on the on Sunday that, that you and watched. you didn't tell me that part. No, I don't think I've told you all about it, of that church a lot, but yeah, it's an amazing church, and it's normal people, and I could seriously show up in my Hello Kitty pajama pants. And they would be okay with it because I would be there. And they would be glad that I'm there. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's a really cool thing to find. And that is, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, it's God. It's a God thing. It has to be. I mean. I told you that in Crackle Barrel. I mean, yeah. it was I, I didn't know. When when I when I suggested, I knew my my niece whose name is Brianna, and we call her call her B. Um, when I asked her because she lives right around the corner, as you said, but I didn't know that's how close you guys lived. Yeah. Um, I was asking her about a completely different church that I knew about that she had attended before, and she said, "Well, I got one closer than that." And I'm like, okay, let me get you in touch with, with Brie and yeah. you two can, can talk and figure out, you know, what, what, and what, she's what. an awesome, beautiful person herself. Like, and that's the thing, like people don't, I don't know. I don't think that people like you two, I don't think there's enough of y'all in the church. I, I don't not, I, I, I think that there needs to be more churches like the one I attend, like the, and preachers like, and pastors like you two. I think there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more speaking out. Well, oh, wait, go ahead, Mark. Uh, I was just going to say, I agree. And, and let me just kind of put this out there so people don't think, oh, they just brought her on to build them up. We had no idea what Bree was going to say. Mm -mm. And I don't want anyone to think that Floyd and I are anything magical or people. special. We are people. And that's all we are. But you're normal people, but that's not what's seen in churches a lot. And that's the sad part. The sad part is you don't see the normal people. You see the glitz and the glam, especially in massive churches well let me and i'm going to put this out there so if there is a pastor who is listening to this um i'm going to um, just plead with you to listen when people come up and share about the things that brie was trying to share with her pastors when she was going to church uh, here's this going on or that going on. I'm also going to say that if people are listening and you are dealing with any of the stuff 
that Brie dealt with. Um, reach out to someone. And if a pastor won't listen, find someone else who will. Um, there are people out there, it doesn't have to be in the church, who will listen to you, who will help you, who will be there for you. And um, just, I want to be respectful of Bree's time. So Bree, what would you say to people who, like you right now, because of similar experiences, are thinking, I am done with the church? Um, that that's not if that, like you thought they're thinking, Hey, if that's God, uh, who mistreat people, talk down to them, judge them, ridicule them. I had just, just had someone tell me I need to repent because of my earrings. Um, so if, if what would you say? Worldly. Yeah. What would you say to those people who have experienced what you experienced and they're like, I'm done with the church. Honestly. Be done for a moment. Pray. And God's going to put the church that needs to be in your life, in your life. Walk out of whatever church it is that is bringing you pain and torment, because that's not a church. That's not a church at all. You should leave church on Sunday feeling lifted and lighter because you've released things and not like you're a horrible person who's condemned to hell. And if it sounds like we told her to say that we didn't because everything she just said is what we have been saying, you know, over and over on this podcast. Um, but I agree 100%. If, if you leave your Sunday celebration or your, your, your body of people, your church group, your church family, and every time you're feeling depressed, angry, you're feeling like you've been demeaned or ridiculed or judged, don't go back. Find, take, take some time, pray about it, and then find somewhere else to go. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, I agree with you 100%, but don't rush it. Because yeah. if you're leaving the church and you're feeling that way, maybe God is dealing with you on some of the issues that are being talked about. Yeah, well, and we've said this before. There's a difference right. between there's the, a difference between the pastor preaching on a sin and someone right. feeling guilty because that sin applies to them versus Actual I'm a horrible woman. person. Yeah, being mistreated yeah. by just mean people. <laughs> right. Right. And and that's what I'm saying. Make sure you know the difference before you make the jump. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and it's something that only you will be able to know because it's between you and God. It's not between anybody else. It's between you and God. So because I would say, I would say if you're searching for God and you're looking for him, you're going to find those same hurts, those same things in the next church you go to because you're looking for the wrong God. Correct. And that's why I always say I was looking for this God that my mama had laid out for me. It, yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the one I was learning about who hated, you know, cast yeah. fire. And it just, that, that wasn't him. It was a loving God. And it was a God who wanted people to come to him. If you're being judged by your clothes in a church, 
then you're in the wrong church. That's right. all I got to say about that. Yeah, and, and you're 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 not in a church. That's right. What you're I'm going to say, I'm, and I'm going to stand by that. You're not. And Bree, let me back up for just a second because, like Floyd said, I want to be respect respectful of your time. Okay. Um, that first night or second night or there in our first beginnings of talking to one another. Do you remember one of the other questions I asked you? Which one? Was, did you ever give your life to Jesus? Yep. And, and I said, do. And I remember saying, go ahead. You can no, go. go ahead. I remember also that conversation saying that, you know, that I wasn't sure that Jesus wanted God or Jesus they're one and the same, but I wasn't sure that I was wanted anymore because I had done, I, I had called my mama names and done some horrible things and told some lies. And I didn't think I'd ever be forgiven for those. And, and, I, I, and I asked you if you ever prayed to ask Jesus into your heart. And you said, yes, I did a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And my next question to you was, were you genuine about it? And I said, no. Right. And that's a key to everyone. We all can say a prayer. We can all ask Jesus into our heart. But are you genuine in asking? And that night is when I ask you, okay, that's when I said, do you are you ready to get busy? And you said yes, but I don't know how to start it. And I would not pray for you. <laughs> I made you pray for yourself. <laughs> yep. and, and that is that is the beginning of everything, folks. You got to start at the beginning of everything. And that is asking Christ to take over the, 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 the boat and, and steer that boat, as Bree said. But you also have to be honest. And, right. and that's why I was honest with you when you asked about the first time. And I said, no, because yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm also going to say that, first and foremost, let me say this. I'm, I'm so grateful, uh, Bree, that you, you agreed to come on and share your story. Um, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest, too. I, I know it's going to help other people, but it has definitely helped me have a better understanding of what people are going through and why people have said, you know what, I'm done with the church. In my head, I was always like, you experience some hurt, but, you know, find someplace else. Uh, but now head, heart, and understanding, I'm like, wow, it probably takes a lot, like what you experienced, for people to make that decision to say, I'm totally done and and I want to be a lot more respectful of people who have experienced that um, while trying to help them also maintain and stay a body a part of the body of Christ. But I also want to say to those people who have experienced that and to you, I am so sorry that you were treated that way by people who claimed to love the Lord and people who claimed that they were doing it in his name because they weren't. Yeah. And um there's, there's just no excuse. I'm not trying to make excuses for people who claim to be Christians. I'm not trying to defend them. Um, I am just saying, I'm sorry. 
that people who claim to love God didn't show you the love that God wanted you to receive. Uh, and I'm sorry to all the other people who experienced that. Um, and, and, and I feel exactly the same way. And usually we open up our podcast with what are we preaching on this week? And we didn't do that this week. Oddly enough, my sermon is on Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God <laughs> and not of man. So the title is you're created to be like Jesus. And, and most of us don't. <laughs> and oddly enough, actually, I don't think it's odd because God has had his hand all right. over this. I am preaching on why don't church people talk to people with the love of Christ? I'm actually <laughs> preaching on how we should talk to and treat other people. Yeah. Um, that's the whole basis of the sermon. So, yeah, yeah. God. And, and mine is becoming more like Christ. So it, it's all right there. Yeah. Yeah. Bree, thank you so much. Thank you all for sharing with us. And just to let people know, um, it's a, a selfless plug. July 9th, Bree is coming to my church at Ohio Pow and is going to be talking about this thing, this very thing there. Um, and uh, so July 9th, 1030, Ohio Pow, if you're anywhere in the area and want to, want to meet her personally and hear her, um, come hear her story. And if you can't, uh, go to the church. Middle Run Church. Facebook page, right? Yeah. yeah, on that Facebook page, uh, you can hear her share her story, her testimony. Um, and I will try to share it to the Faith Responders Facebook page, too. Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. awesome. That would that, be That's what we'll do. Um, which reminds me, and, and Floyd, I'm sorry if I'm cutting you. Right now, no, go, but go. We do have the Faith Responders Facebook page. Go and like it. All of the podcasts are there, but more importantly, that's a place where you can message Floyd or I if you're going through anything like this or anything in life that you need someone to listen to, to you. And, and I know people don't believe us when we say reach out to us, but believe us when we say reach out to us. We do respond. We do listen. We do interact with you. We do yeah. take your requests seriously, seriously because we 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 care about you and we want to be the church to you. We want everyone to experience the God that Bree was looking for and has finally found. And we don't want people to experience um, the pain and frustration that she went through on that journey. Um, so yeah, reach out to us. So um, Bree, do you have any final thoughts or comments you want to share? When they say reach out, they, they really mean it. Um, I really don't know where I would be, honestly, if I would even be here anymore, if it wasn't for these two. And the fact that they openly admit that they're not perfect people 
but they're willing to show you the God that is the loving God and not, not, not the other. It's not, it's very loving and their families are amazing and they're funny. So (laughs) why not grab up two new friends? (laughs) All right, so Mark, do you uh, any final thoughts, and then you want to close us in prayer, folks? Let's just be the church, the true church, not a cheap imit- imitation, but a real imitation of what God yeah. is. Yeah. So, let's pray, Father. Thank you for loving us, as messed up, as screwed up, as crazy as we are sometimes. Thank you for always seeing us, always having your hand upon us. Thank you for Bree and her willingness to come on and to share about her pain, but then share about her joy that she now has. Um, and, and thank you for that, Lord. And be with JC and uh and and her daughter bella and uh just be with us this week lord help us to um if we can't go to a a church uh or a sunday morning celebration lord to tune in to someone who is sharing the truth and listen to them in jesus name amen amen